and welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. On the previous podcast, podcast number 216, we looked at what happens in salvation when believers are saved. And we boiled it down to five things. All five things start with an S. And so follow with me here. First of all, what happens in salvation is this. It is a sovereign work of God. God Almighty saves us. We can't save ourselves. It's all about what God does. Secondly, it is the substitutionary satisfaction of the wrath of God against sin so that we can be forgiven of our sins. Jesus substituted himself for us. Jesus took upon himself our sin, even though he had never sinned, to fully satisfy the righteous wrath of God so that sins could be forgiven. Thirdly, we are supplied with Christ's righteousness in salvation. You see, I have no righteousness of my own. There is none good, no, not one. All have sinned. We all come short, and anything that we do, the very best that we can do, would fall way short of satisfying God. But in salvation, we are credited with the righteousness of Christ. We are clothed in the righteousness of Christ. The fourth thing that happens in salvation is we are sealed by the Holy Spirit. That means that God puts His mark on us and that God uh, seals us up. He protects us by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is given to us as literally a down payment on what God will will absolutely complete. And then finally, in salvation, we are set on a guaranteed path of sanctification, uh, of becoming exactly like Jesus. Uh, in, in Romans chapter 8, it is said that we uh, have been glorified. Now, I'm not in my glorified body yet, and I haven't been glorified in practical terms right now, but in God's mind, I am glorified past tense. It is already done. And that's so very important to understand. And so that leads us to where we are today in this podcast. It leads us to the truth of what is known as the perseverance of the saints. The perseverance of the saints. What is that? Well, one person said it can also be said that it is uh, for us once saved, always saved. I know that that terminology uh, bothers some people. Uh, I came from a background where uh, that was um, the opposite of what what we believed um, initially. But as I've studied the Word of God, uh, I've come to the conclusion that once saved, always saved. Now stay with me. If you're listening and you don't believe that, would you just stay with me for a moment uh, through this podcast and let me share with you uh, further why I believe that. And again, you really need to hear the previous podcast, Podcast 216, what I just summarized, and go over that in more detail, we've got to understand what salvation is. It's all about God. It's God saving us. It's God keeping us. Someone has said this, if you have it, salvation that is, if you have it, you'll never lose it. If you lose it, you never had it. I like that. I'm going to say it one more time, and I want you to listen carefully. If you have it, you'll never lose it. If you lose it, you never had it. Now, don't take my word for it. Take the word of God for it. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 19, we read this. They went out from us. This is talking about professed believers. They went out from us, but they were not really of us. For if they had been of us, they would have remained with us, but they went out so that it would be shown that they were all not of us. Oh my goodness. 
So what John is saying is if they had really had it, they wouldn't have lost it. They wouldn't have left. They would not have gone. Uh, you know, there are some that say, well, you can't lose your salvation, but you can leave it. And uh, that's exactly what First John is saying can't happen. Uh, if they were really with us, they would have stayed with us, the perseverance of the saints. And then the Word of God says in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in us might complete it. No. Uh, Possibly will complete it if you stay with us. No. What it says is he will finish it. He will complete it to the day of Jesus Christ. And that's the day of our ultimate salvation. So um, this business of the perseverance of the saints has nothing to do with believers keeping themselves saved. Look, uh, we can't save ourselves and we can't keep ourselves saved. You know, people running around worrying about which sin will will take them out of the uh, out of the relationship with God, which sin will make them unsaved, unborn. Uh, and and that's that's just not possible. It is absolutely not possible. There's nothing uh, that that we can do to keep ourselves saved. It is again all about God. It has everything to do with uh, true believers being kept by the power of God. True believers are kept by the power of God. Listen to what John chapter six verses thirty seven. The forty have to say, All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will certainly not cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of him who sent me, that of all that he has given me, I lose nothing, but will raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who beholds the Son and believes in him will have eternal life, and I myself will raise him up on the last day. That's pretty strong language, right from the, word, from the, from the mouth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And then John five twenty four says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment, but has passed out of death into life. We do not come into judgment. That judgment's already been taken care of at the cross. And so uh, we will, uh, we will, we do have rather, we do currently possess eternal life. And then John chapter 10, verses 27 to 29. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give eternal life to them and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. And so uh, it, it is a fact that all true believers, all true believers are being kept by the power of God. Now, look, there are those that are professors, but not possessors. They're professors of salvation, but they're not possessors. Listen, uh, Jesus in Matthew chapter 13 gave the parable of the sower. And the sower, of course, is is the Lord Jesus uh, or his representative, the person that's sharing the gospel. And the seed is the word of God. It is the gospel. And then there are different fields, you know. There, there is a path. Uh, there's a beaten down path. There's a, there's a thorny place. There's a rocky place, and and seed is sowed on all of them. Then there's seed sowed in the in the fertile ground. There's only one field 
where the seed comes up and lasts, and that's the fertile ground, and that's true believers. But some of the others look like true believers for a while, but then they, they pass away. They're not ever true believers. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 to 23, uh, Jesus says this, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles? That sounds like somebody that looks like a Christian, right? But Jesus said, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. And so there it is. They look like a Christian, but they're not. They're professors, not possessors. And uh, then Jesus gave the parable, the wheat and tares. And And he said, let them grow up together because the tares look like the wheat. They're very, very similar. It's hard to tell them apart. But, but, and they're living among the wheat. What is the problem with seeing that? What is the problem with seeing that there are people that really look like Christians? And, and we treat them like fellow believers, but God knows that they're not the real deal. If they lose it, they never had it. If they have it, they'll never, ever lose it. And so, we are called, by the way, along this line, to test ourselves. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5 says this, Test yourselves to see if you're in the faith. Examine yourselves. Or do you not recognize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless, indeed, you fail the test. It's important to know that. And I want you to know that just because you walk or just because you said some words of a salvation prayer doesn't mean that you're truly saved. It has to be a hard experience that changes your desires and it begins to change you and puts you on a, on a road of growth in the Lord Jesus Christ. And this does not lead, this business of being saved and, and secure does not lead to a sinful lifestyle. You know, some people say, well, you know, they're saying that you can sin and do live any way and go to heaven. That's not what this is. True believers get a life change. 2 Corinthians 5.17, if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are becoming new. That's a true believer. Uh, a believer's sin is already paid for in full. So when we sin, it is paid for. Now, but that doesn't lead to just living any old way. True believers are sensitive. They're sensitive to their sin and they're confessing sin. First John 1 9. If we confess our sin, to confess is to admit to, to agree with. And, and the Holy Spirit will convict us and, and we'll say, oh, that was wrong, Father. That was wrong. I didn't want to do that or I, I failed you and thank you for your forgiveness and thank you for the blood of Christ that covers me. See, our sin is paid for. So uh, if I die in the middle of committing a sin, I'm going to go to heaven as a true believer because that sin is already paid for at the cross. And anything less than that is to diminish what happened on the cross of Calvary. I know that's hard, but it's true. Paul said, where sin abound, grace abounds more. Shall we continue in sin then that grace may abound? May it never be. No, we don't sin more because we're true believers and we're forgiven. We sin less. Do believers sin? Absolutely, we sin. 
Can believers commit some awful sins? Absolutely believers can commit some awful sins. But true believers do not live in a pattern of habitual sin without repenting and turning away and growing in Christ. And that's all found in 1 John. You just read through the book of 1 John. It's very clear in, in, in that case. So what about the passages that seem to say that we can lose it? Well, I want to just give you this, and I wish I had more time, but this is a starting point. Uh, when we come to those those passages and any passage in the Word of God that seems to, to indicate something other than what is there, we have to approach them with the right tools of interpretation. We have to interpret them properly. For example, we always consider the context. What's happening after that particular verse? Uh, always consider the context. Never take those passages out of context. Secondly, interpret Scripture with Scripture. You know, if there's a passage that seems to indicate, and there there are farms you between, and that's not what they're indicating, but if it seems to indicate that you could lose your salvation, you need to interpret it in in light of the other passages. And thirdly, we need to uh, view those obscure or questionable passages in light of the clear passages. Now, when I say questionable, not as to whether or not it's the Word of God, but as to how we interpret it. When there is a passage that makes you wonder, you got to interpret it in light of all the other the other scriptures that are very very clear so bottom line is this as i close out salvation is all of god only he can save us only he can keep us saved only he can bring us to full completion in christ and he has already promised that he will so there's no possible way that a true believer could ever lose their salvation never it could never happen but I would encourage you to examine yourself and test yourself to make sure that you really are one of His children. Well, until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard. Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.